Vegas Golden Knights are 1-0 in the Peter DeBoer era. It is Friday, January 17th, and I still do not believe I uttered those words. But the Golden Knights are undefeated at this moment in the Peter DeBoer era. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster. Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice, and columnist for Gaming Today here in Las Vegas. And again, a big win. Well, okay, here's the thing. I won't call it a big win. Big in the sense that the Golden Knights finally ended the four-game losing streak last night. But it was against the Ottawa Senators, so we will temper expectations a little bit. Uh, But the Golden Knights do have a victory under Peter DeBoer, a 4-2 victory last night over the Ottawa Senators to end that aforementioned four-game losing streak and to finally get the sour taste of losing out of their mouth. We will discuss that in a little bit. We will also talk about what the uh, changes, what changes can we expect under Peter DeBoer going forward, and then we will also discuss the impact of the injury to William Carlson. But before we do that, the usual housekeeping, we will get out of the way first. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I do welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like sending emails, because emails are fun too, you can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So what was supposed to be really a simple night in Ottawa, and by simple I mean the only thing that the Golden Knights really needed to worry about at this point was Mark Stone's return to Ottawa. It was his first game at the uh, Canadian Tire Center since uh, the Golden Knights acquired Stone in the February 25th trade deadline deal that sent Eric Brandstrom and Oscar Lindbergh in a second-round pick to the Senators uh, his first time Stone had played in that building since he had been traded. So that was really supposed to be a simple night. But of course, the Golden Knights decided, no, we're going to go ahead and fire Gerard Gallant. We're going to have Peter DeBoer, of all people, come in and coach the Golden Knights. And his debut will be the same night as Mark Stone's return to Ottawa. Well, good news for the Golden Knights. They got back to business. A 4-2 to victory over the Ottawa Senators. Uh... Turned out to be one hell of a night. Peter DeBoer is behind the bench. He gets his first win. Mark Stone returns to Ottawa. He gets two points, including a primary assist in the very first goal of the game, 34 seconds in, off a wonderful feed to Paul Stasny right into uh, the start of the game as my phone goes off, because of course it does. My phone always goes off. That's just how it goes. Uh, But in any event, uh, everything that was needed for the Golden Knights needed to happen. Also, Marc-Andre Fleury with a big 33-save performance to rebound after losing his previous three starts uh, to give him win number 458 in his career, which has tied Henrik Lundqvist for fifth place all-time on the wins list for all NHL goalies. And as I have said before, uh, I am bracing myself for for the mere thought of the possibility of those two going back and forth between fifth place and sixth place for a good little while here, even though the Rangers have been going with their two young goaltenders as of late and Lundqvist hasn't been uh, seeing the ice very much. uh, There's still that possibility. So we'll all hold judgment when Flurry passes Lundqvist and then Lundqvist will pass Flurry and blah, blah, blah. And this will happen until Belfour and Luongo 
are no longer safe on the leaderboard. But in all in all seriousness, this was a win the Golden Knights needed to have. And uh, to get that kind of victory, I know it's against Ottawa, so it's not like this is an earth-shattering victory that should have been, you know, should have been completely out of nowhere. This was a win that was expected. And for the Golden Knights, the one common theme throughout this entire season is get the wins that you're expected to win. And last night, it turned out to be that that was one of those wins. And uh, with a whirlwind of a day for the Golden Knights, especially a whirlwind of a day for Peter DeBoer, um, he was just hoping to get in and coach a regular game because apparently the events leading up to uh, to his coaching debut with the Golden Knights did not go as planned. Um, it all started, uh, quote unquote, a couple days ago, which, you know, take that with what you will. I don't think it took a couple days ago. But uh, DeBoer gets the call. He gets the job. He flies from Florida where he's poolside with his wife and his daughter. Uh, he flies from Florida to Toronto. Uh, supposed to get on a flight from Toronto to Ottawa. Uh, the flight from Toronto to Ottawa got canceled, so he had to get on another flight. Got there, twenty. got to uh, Ottawa 20 minutes after morning skate ended, I believe. And had didn't have a pair of skates, didn't have a suit, uh, had to get a suit before the game. And uh, all in all, just in time to coach his first game with the Golden Knights and to get a victory. Here is Peter DeBoer after the game last night. It was a good night. It's a good group. And like I said, after a, a tough week and some, some hard days, I thought uh, it was nice to get a win and kind of move past that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, I, I thought Flower was great in that for us. Uh, great game by him. Some key saves at key times. I thought we had four lines going. You know, we got contributions. A big goal by the fourth line there in the, in the third period. Um, I liked a lot of things. I thought our defenseman played well. I thought uh, Nick Haig did a great job as a young defenseman back there. So there was, there was a lot of positive. There's things we got to clean up. There's things we have to work at. But there's way more positives than negatives. Yeah, I got to get a bond. I, I want to get uh, you know into some video with them. I want to get some practice time. We haven't had that yet, so all critical stuff. So I think we've got practices three of the next four days, which I'm looking forward to to kind of dive into some things. And again, lest we forget that somehow, some way, the DeBoer news of him coaching his first game was not supposed to be the biggest storyline of this game for this point. Mark Stone was supposed to be the main attraction in his first game back in Ottawa has the assist in 34 seconds into the game. And then with a minute to go in the second period with a great wraparound goal to beat Craig Anderson, to give the golden Knights a two, nothing victory late or two, nothing victory. It, two, it felt like a two, nothing victory at points. Um, but to give the golden Knights a two, nothing lead late into the second period capped off a two point night for Mark stone, his first goal, since New Year's Eve, his first multi-point game since December 28th. So it has been a long while since uh, the near point per game superstar for the Golden Knights has been able to get on the board like that. Uh, Paul Stasny also had a goal and an assist. Max Pacioretty had an assist to increase his lead in the point total on the Golden Knights clubhouse. And here is Mark Stone after the game talking about his return to Ottawa and just really what it means to be a part of Vegas and him finishing his career with the Golden Knights? Uh, I mean, it's never easy, um, especially when you lose good, good, good men. Uh, and 
for Turk and Kells, I think a lot of us and we call them friends, you know. Uh, so it's tough, but um, we're in the business of winning. Uh, our organization expects to win. Um, so uh, when we don't, uh, changes happen that maybe we don't like, but uh, we have to trust uh, uh, that they're the right ones. So, um, you know, Peter had a great speech. Uh, he understands uh, what guys thought of, of Gerard, and I think he respects Gerard just as much as we do. So, um, that being said, we played a great game today. Uh, got back to to our habits, uh, kind of got that um, that mentality of uh, desperate hockey. And the type of guys we have in this locker room, uh, nothing's been given to anyone. So um, we need to continue that. I loved it here. Um, like I said, from February 25th when I got traded last year, um, if Ottawa was where I had planned on playing the rest of my career. Unfortunately, uh, um, I made the decision to rebuild, and I had to think long and hard for, uh, for f- ultimately four months um, on what I wanted to do. Um, and you know, when I kind of got the call that uh, there was a trade in place with with Vegas, and uh, there was an opportunity to you know, probably spend the rest of my career there, um, I made the decision to uh, to hop aboard. But um, with that being said, I have nothing but uh, good things to play about this city, this organization, and um, the six years that I played here. So all in all, here's the thing. You want to, you wanted to get this win, not just because you were lacking confidence for really the past seven to ten days, and you go on this eight-game road trip starting with a big thud in Buffalo. Um, but you wanted to get this win to kind of start getting the gears in motion because now the time is ticking, the clock is ticking. And I kind of alluded to it on yesterday's podcast with uh, talking about this coaching change. Peter DeBoer does not have a lot of time. He's got time, but he doesn't have a lot of time to get the wheels in motion. And when you look at how the Pacific Division is stacked right now, you have five teams within, what what would it be, uh, two points of each other or something of that nature. Um, it's going to be a tight race. All five of those teams in the Pacific Division would be in the playoffs today should they start, should they have started today. Um, so it's going to be a tight race. It's going to be a tight race for the rest of the way. Um, so there isn't a lot of time really in a sense, there isn't a lot of time for Peter DeBoer to get this thing the way he sees fit. And they got, they got a good win yesterday. Again, albeit it's Ottawa. They're not, they're not the uh, powerhouse they once were eons ago. It's, it's going to take some time. Um, fortunately for Peter DeBoer, he has a long layoff after the final game before the break in Boston on Tuesday. He's got nine days off or technically really seven days off to really start getting this thing going. And to end this road, to end the first leg of this road trip, it's going to be tough with Montreal and with Boston coming back. You have the back to back with Carolina and Nashville, and then you have the red hot Tampa Bay lightning. And then you have the, uh, Florida Panthers. So a good amount of time to get with your coaching staff, to get with your players, to get to know them, because it is about to get really, really difficult in terms of the schedule for the Golden Knights. This was a win they needed to have. They got it. More kudos to them. But now comes the nitty gritty. They have got to start beating these teams. And again, it's unjust pressure on Peter DeBoer to make this happen. But a good win for the Golden Knights to get them off to a good start. So here's the big question that I kind of 
omitted yesterday. And it's really a question that we need to eventually see over these next few games to kind of see how Peter DeBoer puts his imprint on this team. What can we expect from Peter DeBoer as a coach? He touched on it yesterday in his press conference that there are some non-negotiables when it comes to him. The big ones that stuck out to me were playing an attacking game, playing north, uh, defending hard, and using shorter shifts to look to uh, to play a four-line game, which the four-line game isn't really something that's out of the norm with the Golden Knights. Gerard Gallant has always preached for his entire time here that he has wanted to play a four-line game, roll four lines, roll three D pairs. That has always been something with the Golden Knights. Peter DeBoer does it a little bit differently. And we kind of saw a little bit of a glimpse of that last night. Um, it was definitely a four-line game. We don't. The one thing we don't see with the Golden Knights that often when it comes to rolling the four-line game is that the, the fourth line doesn't really get like the 10-minute-per-game night. You know what I mean? It's mostly you roll the four lines – The fourth line is usually there for maybe like a good 10, 15 seconds unless they sustain a long shift in the offensive zone. And we really don't see them much for the rest of the game. They're sometimes maybe averaging seven, maybe eight minutes. Every skater on the ice last night played at least 10 minutes, except for Ryan Reeves, who played 954. So pretty close to it. And Reeves even scored the last goal of the game for the Golden Knights, which was a fantastic goal by the fourth line, started with a dump in by Nick Waugh, uh, led to a play by William Carrier uh, to feed the puck back to Reeves, and Reeves beat Anderson, even though Craig Anderson decided to play the puck behind the net, and there were two guys in between him, so not a good not a good idea by the uh, veteran netminder for Ottawa, but great play by the fourth line to establish the forecheck, dump the puck in, get it back to Reeves, who was all there in front of the net, to put the fourth goal on the board for Vegas. Now, that is, I think, a good sign because it shows a couple of things. One, the fourth line is going to get some opportunity. Now, I don't know whether this is going to shorten the fourth line at some point. I'm not entirely sure. We're going to have to see how that goes. Um, but you're basically, you're rewarding guys who are deserving of more playing time. I'm talking about Nicholas Waugh, and I'm talking about William Carrier. Uh, Carrier, we've talked about before, has been up and down the lineup. He's played third line. He's played fourth line. And he really hasn't been kind of consistent with his time. I mean, Carrier last night played 10-50. Didn't have a shot on goal, but he did have the assist. And then Nick Waugh, with uh, the playing fourth line center, played 11-19. We haven't really seen that with the Golden Knights. And, and it's kind of interesting to see just how effective that is. Because you want to establish the forecheck, you don't want to play too physical of a game and kind of slow down, but the fourth line has been so good that maybe sometimes we wonder why in the world aren't they playing a little bit more. Carrier has been deserving of more playing time. Wah has definitely earned at least a consistent role on this team. And Ryan Reeves, when he makes plays, is an added bonus. So to me, that is a good start. And really... If you're going to keep rolling four lines, you want to get as much time for that fourth line as much as possible so you can preserve that time for your top six. And I think that's going to be beneficial going forward. We'll we'll see over the next few games, especially out of the break, if this is something that Peter DeBoer will keep going with, if he will make if he will give the fourth line more ample time to try and make plays. 
so far when they've seen the ice, they've done well. So maybe this does mean that there will be a, a, a change in that dynamic. We'll have to see going forward. Um, the other thing that I thought was very interesting, the forward leader in time on ice last night was Chandler Stevenson. Now, part of it was playing on the penalty kill. Uh, the other part of it was playing on the top line in place of the injured William Carlson. We'll touch on later. Um, Stevenson, by the way, fantastic game on five on five and on the penalty kill. Uh, the PK led to that shorthanded goal that he had in the third period. Uh, great individual play, breaking it up and going, uh, walking in on Craig Anderson and scoring with the wrist shot to make it three nothing. Fantastic play by him. That's a guy that's also been deserving of the minutes that he's been getting. Uh, the time that he was on Marshall's, on Jonathan Marshall's spot on the left side, really not his best game. And I know that we talked about Stevenson's versatility, and I think when the team gets fully healthy, you're going to see Stevenson eventually on the wing at that spot. But I think right now he's more comfortable at center. And it showed last night, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall, really not a heavy offensive impact, but they got some shots on goal. They were getting into the high danger chances and they almost scored a couple of goals themselves last night. So I, I think for the least the short term, Stevenson is a great fit in the middle with those two. And Stevenson definitely earned his play last night by playing a forward high 18, 12 um, Nick Holden. This was the shocking part to me. Nick Holden played 23, 49 led all skaters on the golden Knights with 23, 49. If Nick Holden is leading your team in ice time, that is that I, I honestly don't know what that means, but uh, that showed to me a couple of things. One, Nick Holden made, made the use of his 23, 49. He had five shots on goal and it wasn't just him. Really? It was, Nick Haig with four shots on goal. Derek England with five shots on goal. We heard on the audio earlier about how uh, DeBoer thought that Haig played a great game last night. Haig, had, I thought, had a really good game, and he almost scored a goal last night. One day, Nick Haig will score a goal. I'm just saying. But we're seeing a lot in terms of the defensemen getting into the play, which the, the fact that we've seen, I mean, you combine you know, five, nine, 14 shots between two of your three defensemen that are not known for shooting, uh, they put the puck on the net. They put the puck on the net and allowed the Golden Knights a chance to get a rebound. And really, that has been that was the calling card for the Golden Knights in year one. Put the puck on the net and see what you can do in the in the offensive zone. And then this last night, you know, a lot of the goals didn't really come on rebounds. Actually none of the goals came on rebounds, but you saw the Golden Knights peppering Craig Anderson and it led to more scoring chances. Eventually, those scoring chances are going to go through. And when you got 14 shots through three defensemen, I'd say that's actually pretty good. I mean, that that's not an ideal spot, especially when most of them are coming from the point. But the fact that they are able to put on that kind of offensive-minded performance, I think, is pretty good. It's very similar to San Jose. Now, obviously, the talent gap, when you're comparing you know, Eric Carlson... Brent Burns, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. When you compare those guys to Derek Englund, Nick Holden, and Nick Haig, it's obviously night and day, but that's a little bit of an influence that we'll see. We'll, we may see more, and eventually when Shea Theodore and Nate Schmidt get more comfortable, we're going to see those guys engage more in the offense as well. And I think when you get those guys going and you get those guys putting shots on the net, 
that's only going to get things a little bit easier for the, make it make things a little bit easier for the forwards who are especially crashing in front of the net. They'll do a lot of wonders probably for Alex Suck. They'll do a lot of wonders for Stone, for Pacioretty, and when Carlson gets back, probably for him too. So that I think was a very convi- that was a very uh, very good sign if you're a Golden Knights fan to see those guys get in the play and make those plays. Uh, the attacking was on display early, and you saw it in that first goal between uh, Stasny and Stone, the give and go there. But it started with the outlet pass from Nate Schmidt. He made a great outlet pass to Stone who was already in the offensive zone by the time he caught it, got it to Stasny, and then they have a little give and go. And 34 seconds in, Stasny puts him on the board, and it's one nothing. It's nothing really out of the ordinary that we've seen from the Golden Knights. I mean, they've gotten goals in quick fashion before, but this year it's been one of those instances where they haven't been able to score in the first period, let alone score that quickly. And DeBoer saw a lot of that in the playoffs last year. I mean, I think we would go through games three, four, games two, three, and four, how quickly Vegas scored to get on the board. That, that's the kind of offense that Vegas thrives off of. Once they get going early and they start scoring, it, the momentum just swells. And you saw that last night. They, they scored, what, 34 seconds in. When they scored that quickly, it just everything just goes. And when Stone's playing like that, when that line is playing like that, it is so hard for teams to match that especially when that line gets it going and they get it going early and often. It is so hard for teams to even match that. So the fact that they were able to score early and often, I think definitely carried the momentum over for the rest of the game. And it showed in the shot chart, VGK had a 43 to 35 edge in shots on the night. They were up 36 to 19 after two. And I know sometimes shots on goal can be a little skewed, but when you look at the map, the heat map on, you know, natural stat trick, who's, Always a go-to resource. I'm not, I'm not one for analytics, but I can look at a map. And if I can look at a heat map and say one team is killing the other, I know that they're having a good night. The heat map after two periods was just ridiculous. Uh, Vegas had everything dark as hell in front of the net. Ottawa could only get things going on the outside. And that also plays into a part of when you pepper a goalie with shots like the defenseman did, and you use the forechecking like the fourth line did in that fourth goal, good things are going to happen. And that's the kind of hockey that Vegas had has been playing for the last two years. But for some reason, it hasn't been working this year. Maybe under DeBoer, again, only one game. It's only against Ottawa. But we're going to see a little bit more of that as we go forward. And whether it works or not, time will tell. But again, so far, so good. You're seeing the little imprints. And that's the kind of thing, those are the kind of things that Vegas needs in order to be successful going forward. And on top of that, in terms of the shot, the, the shot difference, Vegas defended hard. Uh, five on five, they were fantastic. They allowed that one goal after the Stevenson goal, which was like at the tail end of a power play. So they, they allowed that one. The second goal they allowed was on the power play. So really at five on five, the Golden Knights did absolutely everything well. Flory was really strong in net. Defense made good plays, made good sound plays in front of Flurry. And that I think has really been the biggest difference. One being the goaltending, uh, two being the defense in front of Flurry. So far, through one game, so far so good. Uh, most of the shots Ottawa had, at least in the first two periods, came from the perimeter until they capitalized with those two in the third. 
they had no high danger chances in the first period. I'm talking about Ottawa. They had no high danger chances in the first period, only three in the second period. Vegas had seven through the first two. So they were actually getting, they were playing well on defense and that defense turned into offense, which is what makes the Golden Knights so dangerous. And you could tell in the scoring chances as well, Vegas had a 32 to 19 edge in scoring chances. When that defense translates to offense, that team with that talent is so good. And that's why I still think when the deadline rolls around, they're going to be in the market for a defenseman. They're going to be in the market for a defenseman that can move the puck. And it's going to be a defenseman, I believe, that's going to fit DeBoer's style. It's going to be a it's going to be a defenseman that is going to fit the way DeBoer wants to coach. And now that's now that we know, because DeBoer wants a defenseman like a Burns, like a Carlson, like a Velasic, knowing that that's who the coach is now, knowing that they can go after a kind of defenseman like that at the deadline that will best suit what Vegas already has in place, that is going to be that could be a game changer. But again. I keep telling them, one game, it's one game against Ottawa, but there were a lot of good things, a lot of things that they need to clean up, but we'll find out over the next couple of games, whether this was just, hey, it's a wake-up call, we needed to win one, or it's a wake-up call and DeBoer is really going to kind of ramp things up. And the game against Boston on Tuesday, I think is going to be the biggest one, even though Boston has kind of been up and down since, I think, Christmas, probably even before that. Um... Boston is still a tough test. You still got to find a way to slow down that top line. You, and they're going to be, well, they're probably going to play Halak in that one. So I'm not really uh, too overly thought of over the goaltending with Tuka Rass now out for a while. Um, but you're going to see this team play tougher competition. And how they respond to that tougher competition is going to go a long way in these next couple of days before the break. And then when they come back from the break, they have that tough back-to-back against Carolina and against Nashville. The fact that, you know, it it is one game, but things start changing if you can start building wins. And again, I know people are still mad over Peter DeBoer's hiring. People are still going to be mad over that for a little while. But if Vegas comes out of this road trip with six out of seven wins now, because we because we no longer count the Buffalo game. If they can win six, seven, five out of seven, then I think a lot of people are going to be calm a little bit, and they're going to start uh, start being a little bit more optimistic, knowing that they came out of that road trip pretty well. So time will tell. We'll see what happens these last two games before the break. We'll see what happens after the break. But again, one good game. It is against Ottawa, but it was a good game. It was a game that Vegas probably could have lost had things stayed the same had uh had the uh emotions in the locker room kind of stayed stagnant but so far what DeBoer has been preaching it's worked it's one game and it's against Ottawa so let's let's keep that in mind all right so normally in this time we would do a look around the league there were some games last night um but we do need to touch on the impact of the injury to William Carlson which man that is you talk about a guy who has, I know he's struggled the last, what, really the last eight games, one point in his last eight, but man, that that is a tough way to go out. He has played all 240 games for the Golden Knights since they've played in the National Hockey League, and I'm talking about regular season and playoffs. There has not been one player on this roster to suit up for all 240 games 
but William Carlson. And now he is week to week with an upper body injury. He will be out, I would presume, until after the road trip is completed. I No one really knows what is going on. Um, he did play the entire game against Buffalo. He finished the game. Um, he It was an optional skate on on Thursday, to my knowledge. So I don't believe he participated in that. And I also believe it was an optional practice Wednesday. So not really sure what happened there. Um, but that that is a huge blow. And again, I know the offensive production hasn't been there a little last little while for Carlson, but when you have him playing the 200-foot game that he plays and just his playmaking ability, his defensive play, it's really hard to kind of replace that. And, you know, I touched on it earlier. Chandler Stevenson played very well in his place on the top line. Corsi was strong for that line. I think it was well over 60%. Um, I think the scoring chances between that one were 8-4 and 5 against, so they looked really good with Stevenson um, with Stevenson in the middle of there. So it's not fully lost on them, the fact that they played well. Um, but it is a huge blow nonetheless. It's the first game he's ever missed. He's played all 240, and now he's out for a few weeks. And now the Golden Knights need to kind of find a way to really right the shift for a little bit. And again, the good thing about Stevenson, the good thing about requiring him is that the center depth is good. The center depth is good enough that you can throw him on there and he will make the plays just like he did last night. Even though the play he made was on the penalty kill, he's earned that time on the penalty kill. He's earned that time on the power play. He's earned that time as, you know, a top nine guy. Um, Obviously, you don't want him being your top line center going forward, which is it, which means if Cody Glass does return before the end, before the uh, All Star break, he's he's likely going to return. I would guess at this point he won't be back until the Carolina Nashville back to back. Um, but I, I will I will venture to guess that when Cody Glass comes back, if William Carlson is still out, I would say Carl I would say Glass moves up to the top line. And then you got to figure out where you put Chandler Stevenson, which I think he would be very good as the third line center um, over uh, Cody Eakin, which I, I I didn't really touch on Cody Eakin last night. He didn't have a shot on goal, but he played 15-56 and he was a minus one. So another ho-hum day for Mr. Eakin. But um, meanwhile, by the way, Alex Tuck, uh, two shots on goal in 12-50. He looked engaged for the first time in a while. Um, so... There is some positive to take out of third line, but I do think third line would benefit greatly with Chandler Stevenson on it. But back to uh, Carlson real quick. It may it may help really, and I and I use may help, and I put air quotes in this one under the word rest because again he hasn't scored a goal since December thirteenth, only seven points in his last fourteen games, one in his last eight, as I mentioned earlier. The uh, injury to Jonathan Marchessault that kept him out for, what, five games um, definitely did not help his cause. and I don't think it helped the first line's cause at all that Marchessault was out. Um, but it could benefit William Carlson to have some quote-unquote time off uh, to kind of recharge the batteries, get back into gear after maybe a couple weeks. The All-Star break is definitely going to help him. So he'll miss these next two games. He'll have the entire week off. He'll have the All-Star break off. And then he comes back at the beginning of February and might be, you know, raring to go. Or maybe it's a little bit longer after that and they won't get him back home until February 8th. There is that possibility too. But I don't think it would be 
I don't think it would hurt to get 71 some time off. It, I mean, one, he's earned it. <laughs> I mean, when you play as many games as he's played over the last couple of years, yeah, I think you've, I think you've earned a little healthy scratch here and there, even though this won't be a quote unquote healthy scratch. Um, it, it would help to get him some time off. And I think that when he gets back, he'll probably be energized, ready to go and go back to the William Carlson. Everybody knows for the last, you know, 30 some odd games of the season, because Vegas is definitely going to need him. They can't have him out of the lineup for long. So, um, the break definitely could help. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. Um, we're probably going to be back Monday to break down the Montreal game, and then we'll get you ready for Boston on Tuesday. Um, depending on how the game goes on Saturday, we might do a bonus episode Sunday uh, before uh, before the old, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, NFC and AFC championships on Sunday. Um, but more than likely, we will be back on Monday to break down the Montreal game and to break down the Boston game. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all your support. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can find me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Um, and if you are an Apple podcast, please leave a review. Anything is, uh, greatly appreciated. Helps people find the podcast, helps people, uh, helps people know where we are. And again, uh, it's still something I'm getting used to. It's not something that I'm an expert at, but I'm hoping that you all have enjoyed the show to this point. And, uh, cause we're 72 episodes in, I believe, which is really crazy. Um, but I do appreciate all of you for listening and thank you for your support. So, We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good weekend. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we'll see you Monday. Have a good one. 